When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, guys? We are here impromptu, a little impromptu stream on a best ball format that maybe is a little different than other people are used to, but I'm super excited to to talk about. And maybe we can take a little break from if you're watching this live or if you're watching this maybe later in this week, we're amidst a little bit of chaos in the NFL world with the Calvin Ridley drama maybe we can take a little step back on what is kind of my favorite best ball format if you've listened to me on any other shows streams podcasts whatever I've kind of talked and hinted a little bit about this NBA playoff best ball format that I think is is maybe the most interesting one there's so many crazy variables there's so many fun aspects to it and it's honestly really what got me hooked on best ball in general, which is kind of crazy. You would think it would be NFL, but underdog dropped their very first NBA playoff best ball tournament today. The the dance, I believe it is called. So we're going to get into a little bit of very, very early, very, very early strategy thoughts, ADP thoughts, all that kind of fun stuff. And then we will hop into a draft. Let's get into it. in as Silas says make sure you hit the like button same thing that every person on YouTube of all time has ever said like and subscribe it really helps really helps um especially for the NBA thing a uh, quick side tangent I guess you know I, I I I obviously I love the NBA just in general but I think the NBA around fantasy sports and again in particular this playoff format is like wildly underrated and so kind of feel like anything we can do to uh, maybe spread the word a little bit, get it out there, grow these tournaments and such, maybe get, you know, they'll never do quite what the NFL does in terms of volume and popularity. But I think um, anything we can do to kind of spread the word a bit on uh, on the NBA product is, is a good thing. And the other thing I will say before we hop into it is make sure you go to spikeweek.com, the best resource more than me rambling about strategy and players and all this other stuff, more than really just about anything is the free discord community. Go to spikeweek.com. Like I said, 100% free to hop in, go to the header, click discord. You can join totally for free. It's I can, you just have to hop in. It's it's round the clock, 24, seven, 365, tons of people way smarter than me talking through basically every aspect of strategy player, every 
format. There's even stuff, you know, non-best ball. You, you have a dynasty question. Yeah, you were talking TFS, whatever. There's space within that community for everything and tons of awesome resources. So many smart people and so much good stuff going on in there. So that's my number one biggest recommendation for sure. So Underdog just dropped this, this contest. Let me go ahead and we'll just pull up and walk through first, the very first step, right before we think about any players, any anything relating to strategy or whatever. We got to kind of look at the rules, look at the format, look at um, understand what is this game that we're actually playing, especially with this um, contest. It's very unique, right, relative to maybe what we're used to in best ball. So obviously it is a playoff-only format, right? If a team does not make the playoffs, their players are certainly not accumulating any points and the NBA playoffs are obviously very unique, right? We have the play-in tournament on both sides, seed seven through 10, make the, the play-in. They're not technically in, in the playoffs yet. So that throws a small wrinkle into things. And then um, obviously it goes round by round, right? First round, second round, third, on, on to the, the NBA finals and your players that you draft of which you draft 10 total players accumulate points throughout you know, the entirety of the playoffs and each round, right. In the first round, the, the group that we draft in, we're competing against them in this first round, but it's very different in one kind of special way from like the NF, if you played NFL playoff contest, right. An NFL playoff contest is just one game for each round in the NBA. It's a series. So, you could draft the team that wins the NBA title, but if they just run through everybody throughout the playoffs, right? Sweep everybody or win in five or or whatever, you may you may draft, let's say it's the it's the Bucks. The Bucks win again and they just go nuts through the Eastern Conference and they sweep the first couple of teams. It's gonna be very difficult if you go way too heavy on the Bucks to make it to that final round of this playoff best ball contest if they don't play enough games to accumulate enough points, right? So there's this balancing act that we're constantly doing about we have to advance and we have to score enough you know, points, but how do we, without being able to at all accurately predict how many games these series are going to go, how do we structure our teams and draft the right kinds of players and the right amount of players from each team, et cetera, in order to set ourselves up? to be able to make that final and have a team that can win in that final, but um, you know, make it there. We have to make it there. Right. And I think that's the, it's maybe the hardest aspect in all of, in all of best ball. We can talk for days about, you know, how to structure regular season teams, right. NFL season long teams. And, and you really can't truly go wrong with most kind of structures, strategies, even like player takes, you can't really go wrong with too much of it. But in this, it is so unique and so difficult to project that the structure of our teams um, becomes even more, even more important. And I certainly don't have all the answers, but between all of us, we can start to kind of talk through some of it. So first things first, $10 entry, $200,000 total prize pool, at least on this, on this, this first one, they'll definitely launch some other contests. We'll see. Um, you know, kind of how fast this one fills up and, and what other contests we get. But there's 20, you know, almost 23,000 entrants. So a fairly large tournament, right? You can enter, of course, 150 times. 
and you draft in a group of six. Ten rounds with you and five other you and five other people in in the draft. Here's the payout structure. So fairly flat, a little bit, you know, flat relative to uh, maybe some of the other tournaments that we see, like in DFS, thirty thousand first. As we see here, obviously, round one, then the comp, you know, blah blah blah. You see, we just walk through the the playoffs. Each round of the playoffs is a round of this tournament. Scoring, you guys have probably played NBA. If you have not, make sure you check out the scoring. The one big thing on underdog that is fairly different, fairly unique, is the steals and blocks. So if you haven't played um, on underdog, it is uh, a FanDuel scoring. If you play DFS, it's the same thing as FanDuel with steals and blocks worth three points. So it's actually that's actually a pretty pretty big deal, pretty big difference. So our roster, maybe the most important thing, our roster. Right, you do have positional, um, not limits, but you have, you know there are there. It's you don't just draft ten players and get the ten total points. You know the best scores out of all the players. Right, you do have to have one guard, one big. They call it right, one big man, one wing, and then you get two flexes, and you'll you know you have a draft a total of ten players, so you have five bench spots. So that you'll see as when we start to get into this draft here in just a second, you'll see that those positional um, things can get a little tricky at times. A, there are certain positions that are deeper or weaker than than other ones. And as you start to, you know, structure your team, you want to make sure that you're able to fill every position, particularly once we get to the finals, right? And every round, if your team loses and you lose one of those positions, if you only drafted two bigs and you lost one of them in the first round, right now you only have one. It starts to draw draw thinner. And so when you start to construct the, your team, right, you hop into your draft, you start to build this team that is telling some, for, some form of a story, right? That's the cliche thing we all say, but it is very true. I'm drafting and I take Steph Curry in the first round. Okay, I've made some form of a bet on the Warriors. As I continue to continue to draft, I'm telling this story with players from other teams that I'm drafting. And there's thousands, right, of different variations that we can put together that are these stories that, you know, can make sense um, in terms of how the playoffs are going to play out, in particular, who is going to play in the finals. But we have to be cognizant of, you know, you can build for multiple different scenarios, right? draft a, you know, a few players from a couple teams in the West and then do the same thing in the East, right? So you can give yourself a couple different kinds of pairings, but then you also have to be cognizant of those positions. And when we get into, which we'll see again in just a second when we hop into a draft, it's not easy. <laughs> it's, really, it's really not easy, not only because of the lack of depth of some positions, right? But some teams may not have viable bigs to draft or – you may have drafted that Steph Curry and the Warriors is a pretty good uh, example that if Steph Curry, you draft Steph Curry in the first round, guess what? The Warriors don't have any big men you can draft. You'll see Draymond Green is listed as a wing. Even Kevon Looney is just a, is uh, listed as a wing. And so you need to understand that fact, right? And so you start pairing teams up and you still need to make sure that you're filling those positions. But, you know, in the NFL in general, certainly not 
this is a, a blanket statement that it's not always true, but it's you're, there's always like another wide receiver you can draft, right? Like even if that guy sucks, you can stop it. Silas says, Silas says James Wiseman. James Wiseman, we'll get into it. James Wiseman is not going to be playing in the playoffs. If he is, that's probably a bad sign. Well, it could be a good sign, I guess. Maybe he is somehow better after having not played for the last while, uh, which I highly, highly doubt. But they are certainly at their best uh, playing without James Wiseman, in my opinion. So um, just real quick, back to the, the other thing. We'll start to feel out the ADPs and the types of combinations, just like we did in NFL, to see what kind of pairings and stuff we can put together. It's obviously just so fresh. I think I got three drafts in before we started. We started. So I was trying to fire some to get a little bit comfortable so I wasn't totally flying blind. But at the end of the day, I'm still pretty much, honestly, flying blind. But the big thing for me that I've started to feel out already in some of these drafts, things we've learned from other formats, things we learned from last year, is you're just kind of always trying to thread that needle between giving yourself, you know, the quote unquote best players to help you continue to advance. Obviously this early, right? This is the way too early playoff best ball draft, but it's very difficult. Now we don't know who's playing who, right? But we can still do things in a way that allow us to thread the needle between drafting the, the best players, right? That help me advance. They're going to score the most points right away. And correlating and setting up my team structures right i don't want to overly correlate and overly set up my team my team structures where i'm drafting a bunch of guys maybe later that are just absolutely have no shot of contributing to me early and they may never even contribute to me right even if that team continues to advance but we do need to make sure that at the end if i we get to the 10th round I've set up my my structure that I need the Warriors to play, let's say, the Celtics or the Bucks in the championship, right? Based on who I've drafted, I got my three Warriors, I got two Bucks and and who did I say two Celtics. But I don't have a big man, right, to play out between uh those teams because like we said, the Warriors outside of James Wiseman don't really have a big man. Maybe I have drafted a Celtics big man, but I don't have a Bucks big man. Like I need to be cognizant of that. And look, maybe I don't even know. I actually haven't checked in that scenario. Maybe the Serge Ibaka, I assume he's a big man in this. I hope he's a big man. You know, he's not a guy that you're particularly excited about, dra- about, about drafting, but on a certain team, I need to go find that guy that fits the story that I'm trying to tell with that team. Other times I will already have all those positions filled, Right. And so you have to weigh the um, you know, pros and cons of, do I draft the Serge Ibaka who gives me that extra correlation, but it's really never going to come into play for me, uh, maybe until the finals. That still makes sense. Other times it might not. I might draft a guy on a team, or maybe they're in the play-in. Maybe you know, it's a one-off, but it's a guy who I know is going to score a ton of fantasy points when he's out there. Right. Again, we're doing this balancing act, trying to thread that needle between giving me the highest projection and setting myself up for success. I think generally, as a rule, if if, you know, there's no blanket rules, that's like a big thing um, that I'm constantly like trying to remind myself and just communicate with with people that I talk to. There's absolutely no such thing as a blanket rule, especially in a contest as crazy and unpredictable as Mark says 
100% unpredictable. Uh, look at last year. Look at the look at like the Hawks making a run. And honestly, um, I don't think people really saw the Suns Bucks thing coming, right? But in a contest this un- unpredictable, we can't have general rules, you know, but blanket rules. We can have general rules. You can't have like total blanket firm black or white rules. But I think leaning towards the correlation is generally going to be a better a better strategy focusing in on a few teams in general on each in each draft that you do is pretty much going to lead us down the down the right path and so doing um enough drafts to where you start to get comfortable with these adps and comfortable finding the guys that you need to pair together based on how you've started your draft uh, i think is really important in 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 this contest so um Let's see how we can do it. Right. Oh, one other thing I forgot. I was going to I was going to uh, talk a little bit about a couple teams uh, and some team related stuff that I think is important that maybe some people won't take into consideration enough. So if we pull up uh, 538's like uh, current NBA predictions, right? Their playoffs uh, probability of making the playoffs chances of making the finals, chances of making, of winning the NBA championship. I think people will be a little bit surprised to see what 538 is saying. And now this is not the end all be all, of course, right? If you have a stand that's against this, right? There's somebody down here. Maybe you love the Clippers. You really believe in the Clippers, right? And they're, I guess, kind of a a crazy one because we don't totally know what's going on with Paul George. Um, But they're not even a lock to make the playoffs, right? They're actually probably headed for the play-in. But you believe in the Clippers and you believe, you know, you're going to ignore this. That There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We're probably going to get paid off better when it's someone, when it's one of these teams that the, the market is maybe a little bit lower on, kind of like the Suns last year. But I thought it was interesting because when you start to go through some of these drafts, you're going to see that the ADPs don't necessarily align with what we see here on 538. Um in particular, honestly, the top six, five, five, six teams. To, I mean, al- almost most of the top ten. That I was actually surprised to see this too. Honestly, the Bucks isn't the Bucks. That's not surprising at all for me. But the Celtics right now sitting atop five thirty eights chances of winning the NBA Finals, ever so slightly over the last year's two Finals teams, but. I think people will be very surprised to see that. And you will also see when we get into this draft in a second, that ADP does not align, does not align with this view um, of the Celtics. So they would be a team as of right now, very in these very early drafts that I'm prioritizing um, just because, Hey, I, I, I mean, I generally agree with this. If you've watched over the last uh, few weeks in particular, since the trade deadline, but even a little bit before then the Celtics, are playing as well, if not better than anybody in the entire NBA. The addition of Derek White has been huge. The changes they've made, like a little bit of defensive schematics and just the the roster that they put together is outstanding. And the ADP does not, you know, outside of kind of Jason Tatum, but even then I'm not sure Tatum is getting the, the, uh, you know, the, the love in these way, 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 way too early drafts here. Bucks and Suns, I think most people, understand that and i think the adp largely aligns 
with those guys. The Nuggets is a really interesting one, right? Jokic obviously goes high, as he should. But I don't think people think of the Nuggets as one of the potential favorites to win the NBA championship. Part of this probably has to do with what you think about Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr.'s chances of coming back and playing this year are. Um, But you'll see that most of these other Nuggets, aside from Jokic, are basically free in these drafts. So I think that's a potential spot. And then my team, like one of my adopted teams, there's, there's two basically, but the Miami heat, there's one of my favorite teams um, here in the NBA and the similar to the Celtics, the ADP does not align with them being one of the favorites to win the NBA championship either. It is kind of funny and bizarre that the number, like there's all this drama in the Eastern conference, right? The bucks are the favorite and I get it. I get why they are. I don't even really disagree. But then you have, obviously, with the Harden and Simmons thing, the Sixers and the Nets are two kind of sexier teams, right? Everybody's all all in on this Harden, you know, the new Harden and beat Sixers. You have, obviously, the Nets, KD's back, Kyrie's back, Simmons will probably be back at some point, and, and they're exciting. I, told, I totally agree. But they're getting all the hype, and which is, where are the Nets? Look at this. Look at the Nets. They're not even a lock for the playoffs right now. Probably because I actually haven't looked today. I probably should have looked at that before we got into this. They are ninth, still ninth, in the East. Right? They're, they're, the Wizards are two games back of them. Yeah, the Wizards are two games back of them, and I don't think anyone really expects the Wizards to catch them or the Wizards to even try to catch them. I guess technically the Knicks could catch them, but they're five and a half games back, and they've been terrible. Um, But, like, this team is – I'm not sure that they can get out of the play-in, right? Multiple teams are going to have to really collapse for the Nets to get out of the play-in, which makes things kind kind of rough on them. Um, for this format, but you're not getting any discounts on them because we know inherently how good this team is is or or can be. So same thing. I'm not jumping off the Nets, but it's going to be very difficult for them. They're going to have to run through all the best teams. They're going to have to get Ben Simmons acclimated. And not, just anytime you're playing in that play-in, no matter how good you are, anything can happen in, in one game, right? And so um, the Nets thing is is very, very interesting. Um, I'll hit a couple questions before, but I did just want to pull this up because I think, you know, if the one seed in the East who is, you know, the tied for the fourth favorite to win the championship based on 538, and you'll see all those guys are free. The favorite based on 538 to win the championship, and most of their guys are, are totally free. Meanwhile, you got to pay top couple round prices for all the Nets who are probably just going to be in the plane, right? I love the Warriors too, but the Warriors you know, sit way down here and are in a total free fall. Obviously they're about to welcome Draymond Green back fairly, fairly soon. And that's a pretty big difference. I still love the Warriors. There's no hatred for me on the Warriors, but they sit way down here. Right. And they're expensive, like extremely expensive in, in these drafts. So I think just keeping that in mind is an important thing before you start to really, really dive in, just kind of taking a step back and be like, Oh, I like this player. I like that player. And, and, Viewing it through this lens can be helpful, whether you agree or disagree, you know, necessarily with with 538. So a couple questions. Niall says, will this be on DK? 
I assume at some point DraftKings will launch one of these tournaments. Um, it's tough to say when that will be. They did it for in-season they did, um, NFL in-season. They did it for NFL playoffs, I believe. But um, it's not quite as fleshed out of a product as, as Underdog is. But I do suspect that there will be something from DraftKings. And Mark says, are you able to set your own personal pre-draft rankings in this contest? Yes, I can. Sh- I can even share because I got to reshare this screen anyway, and we can look at that. If I go to rankings and I go to NBA and I go down here to the bottom, you see 2021-2022 NBA playoffs, you can set your rankings. And so you guys see here before we hop in. Right, Giannis goes one, which makes sense. Steph is two, Embiid is three, Durant is four, Harden. Then we get the Suns guys. Then we get Mitchell, right? Then finally Jokic, Clay Thompson sitting at tenth overall ADP wise, right? Andrew Wiggins thirteen. You know, Luca. We don't get to Luca down here till sixteen, and there. Why, why are they that much uh, cheaper and different? So anyway, look at this: Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole. Some of these are pretty funny. You know, look look how long it takes to get to Jimmy Butler. 21 on the first place team and a really, really good heat team. Tatum at 26. You know, we didn't even touch on the Bulls. And 538 really does not like the Bulls. But I think they're an interesting one too. You know, they're going to bring Lonzo back and they're going to bring Caruso back before the playoffs start, hopefully. I haven't seen any of the latest updates, but that's always been... Um, the timeline is they're going to bring those guys back and they're still chugging along with a strong record. And we know that they have DeRozan and Levine and Vooch. And am I expecting the bulls to make a crazy run here? No, not really, but they were first in the East when they were fully healthy and they were better than anyone gave them credit for. And the East is just kind of chaotic right now. And so, and no one is drafting them like they have any, any shot. The other team, um, I think it was Josh was in the discord. He mentioned the Grizzlies. They're kind of like that version to me of the bulls in, in the West. If I'm predicting the playoffs right now, am I saying, Oh yeah, the Grizzlies are going to make a run. I'm picking them to win the fight. No, of course not. Of course I'm not. But this is a really good basketball team that can absolutely make a run. There's no, to me, like crazy prohibitive favorites in either conference. A lot of the top teams have flaws, right? Even the Suns, even the Suns, Chris Paul, broken thumb. He's his current timeline is he'll be back for the playoffs, but like, you know, who knows? Who who really knows? Will he be? Will he be a hundred percent? I don't know. You know, the Jazz are flawed. Who knows what happens with the Nuggets? And so it's so wide open that uh, some of these teams that maybe the market is just a little bit lower on, I think are some of the most interesting ones for these drafts. Jason says, uh, Morant one spot ahead of LeBron on a play-in game. I'm just looking, 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 looking. I'm not following because the Grizzlies are in third and the Lakers are in ninth. If you're talking about the the teams, unless you're talking about the, oh, 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 oh. You're talking about the rankings here. I see, I see. I got you. Yeah. 
I mean, look at Morant doesn't go till 20. Like the Lakers are terrible. And I love LeBron James just as much as, as anybody else. But LeBron, LeBron going here 29th, John Morant going 28th. One team is third in the West, and another team is fighting to stay in the play, is fighting just to stay in the play-in. It's crazy. And this will all change, of course. I sh- I'm sure just by tomorrow, when the ADP updates for tomorrow, it'll be um, huge, huge, huge shifts. But in the time being, I'm not sure it's going to get super, super efficient for, for a little while. So anyway, let's get in a draft. If you want to get in, I'm getting in now. Three more spots. Yeah, Flea sees it. Tatum is 26th. On, at minimum, the Celtics are basically just as good as... Uh, as everybody else in the East, if you if you prefer the Sixers, the Bucks, or the Nets, or whatever, I, I I'm not going to argue with you. But the Celtics are not demonstrably different than than those teams, and yet their best player goes 26th overall. You know, obviously, and we'll get in this draft, and he's not going to go 26. But you get my you get my point. That's how I that's how I've been feeling right now so far is kind of the Celtics. You know, you can get a, a big gun from one of these other teams, right? Get Giannis, Steph B, Durant, Harden, Booker, whatever. And then you can kind of start to backfill with these second-tier teams that are just a little bit more undervalued, right? Or maybe you get your Jokic. You know, you get one of these guys in Jokic. And then you get your Heat, Celtics, Grizzlies, Bulls, those kind of those kind of teams. The Mavs, other than Luca, and even Luca isn't that even. I think I've taken Luca on most of most of my teams. The Mavs, another team, playing awesome. They can absolutely make a run. Got Eagles here with the one hundred and one. Let's see what the best ball wizard does. Takes Giannis, so. I'm taking Embiid here, and um, as we get through the draft, my one of my first initial takes is guard is crazy loaded. I feel like you'll like never run out of guards, or even like if you want to do these secondary correlations, kind of like we were talking about, right? You start to build out that story that your lineup is telling. I feel like there's like almost always guards and combos of players that include a guard from a team that you can get that's a good player that like you'll feel comfortable you're not you're not having to take James Wiseman right that we we brought up earlier you're getting a quality player on one of these good teams that you're you would like to target the big position gets thin really really fast and wing is a little bit better than big but not like tremendously so it is definitely guard by far the most stacked position then wing and then big in my opinion which which makes sense there's just less bigs right uh, yeah, wing, wing can run out fast too, but guard, guard definitely like almost never really runs out in my opinion. The first draft I did, I was just kind of like taking, like feeling things out and starting to take. See, so here, look, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna take Luca again because I just can't. So I cannot possibly take any of these guys over Luca. 
personally. I just don't see it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And you want to talk about, uh, you know, a first round projection. Give me Joel Embiid and Luka Doncic on the same team. And like, if your team advance rate, like doesn't get much better than that. Eagles stacks the Bucks, And now this is where I'm either going to go Jimmy or Tatum. I've been, but let's go, let's go Tatum here. Let's start to set up my Eastern Conference uh, side of things. Getting these darn spam users in the chat. But took Tatum because knowing this group, I was pretty confident he was not going to come back to me 10 picks later. And so one thing I do like that I think most people don't do is they, they start out attacking a team right away, right? And like like what Eagles did makes total sense. You're never going to get those three bucks if you didn't take them then. But like for me, the way taking Embiid, obviously Harden is gone. And then I take Luca, and there's not really another Mav besides Luca to take there. So keeping your flexibility open, right? I, like I don't know who my primary team or teams are going to be, but I'm flexible now because I kind of took the superstar from three teams that I want to target. And then you start to fill in the gaps as you continue to, you know, build, build that team. Let's see who is available here. I really don't love Tobias Harris. I'm actually going to put Draymond in the queue. So I have two Eastern conference teams. Do, 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 do. Yeah. I'm going Ooh, I'm trying to decide if I need to take Tobias, though. I think I actually need to take Tobias. Really hate Tobias, <laughs> to be totally honest. But I, but when you think about um, Philly, there's 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 Tyrese Maxey that will you know uh, be a guy I can potentially target sometime coming up here. But if I don't take Tobias after that, like a, I really like almost I'm going to want to force Maxey. And there's like almost no one beyond those uh, those couple of guys. So there goes Draymond. So now I am going to take Maxi though to get my. So now look, Philly is my main team, right? All right, and I'm betting on Philly to make the finals with Embiid, Tobias, and Maxi. And now I have my Mavs. So I'm planning for the Mavs, some kind of other Maverick player down down the line, and obviously some other kind of Celtic player down the line. And the dream scenario is going to be. You know, the Sixers and the Mavs play in the championship. I can also build in another um, Western Conference team as this starts to as this starts to play out. Sorry, doing some doing some chat. Some chat banning. But that's just like as you're going through this the whole time, you're constantly planning ahead the whole thing is about is continuing to plan ahead you know so that's why like this adp stuff is wild because you look at the top and it's like Devon looney and jordan Poole and god bless lebron but you know the lakers team that's almost assuredly has no shot to make a run right cam johnson like crazy bobby portis i mean i like bobby portis fine but we're, we're getting to this point where you're taking the fourth or fifth best player on on these oh, there goes jalen 
darn it. That's who I really wanted. Uh, Jalen Brown. I think Jalen, this is higher than he has been going. But, uh, you know, Tatum was a, is a huge bargain. I think Jalen might have been an even bigger bargain. Uh, at least in these initial drafts. He's going to be a huge riser as well. Let me start just putting some guys in the queue here. So I have my two Eastern Conference teams. I need to think a little bit about what I want to do with a second Western Conference team. And it is definitely not LeBron, not Conley. I do like the Heat and Lowry, but that does not make sense on this team. Actually, Desmond Bain probably makes a lot of sense here. Jalen Brunson. I could take Brunson and just lock that up. I'm going to do that. I like both Brunson and Dinwiddie, but I'm just going to go ahead and lock up that Mav so that I'm not fretting over uh, scrambling to get and getting locked out of someone like Spencer Dinwiddie or Dorian Finney-Smith, right? I don't really want to be taking that kind of a guy. Not that you can't, but it's not uh, definitely not my preferred route. Wow. Okay. Eagles takes my Boston guys there. So now I'm just going to have to punt off that next Boston guy. And I am going to take Bane here, though. Set myself up for Grizzlies. One nice thing about uh, taking Embiid and setting up a Sixers run to the finals is, you know, you're definitely not really too worried about uh, the big man. You, you know, like as you get to the end of the draft, that's something I've started to feel out. Like you get to the end and you kind of just take, assuming you have the positions filled for all your scenarios, uh, you kind of just take the best player, right? And who knows, maybe you take a late big man that plays a seven game series and he saves you, saves you from if the the Sixers sweep somebody. But being flexible on that, right? Definitely being flexible on that. Let's see here. Start adding to my queue. See, look at all these names. So bad. So bad. I'm going to put, put my guy Steven Adams in there. Boston. Let's see. Cause it, what, you'll see when we look, when we type in Philadelphia and you see it, once you get past those four guys, is Cork Moss even going to play in the finals? Like Thibault? Danny Green, Niang, do you really even want to take any of those guys? No, I don't. I do kind of like, I mean, eighth, eighth round LeBron is, is pretty good, Silas. It's pretty good. Um, the nice thing about Memphis is there are a, a few more guys that you probably feel decent about taking. So I am going to take Steven Adams. I'm sure Eagles is going to take my guy here. Actually. The Derek White versus Marcus Smart thing is pretty interesting. Ch -ch 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 -ch. 
And I guess one perk of this is uh, having gone the Sixers. If I don't get another Celtic, like that's okay. That's yeah, yeah. It's interesting to me. I mean, I love Derek White, but it is interesting to me that he sits higher on this list than uh, I got. A, I got a little plan of attack here. I'm going to take Marcus Smart actually, and I love Derek White, but I, I don't think he should. Uh, I don't think he should go over Marcus Smart. Once we get done, we'll we will go through all these teams, fire through all these teams real quick. Or maybe we'll just do another draft. Maybe we'll do a second draft instead. One more. Yeah, I like both of them. Smart's been awesome. They've both been awesome. There's pretty much just those six those six core guys, right, for the Celtics. Um, I, think, I think it's possible they play Grant Williams a little bit more over Horford in the playoffs. But uh, you, know, you don't really want Grant. Don't really want Grant Williams. Um so instead of taking Derek White here, a guy who I am going to scoop a little bit here is Dylan Brooks. You know, he's not back. He's obviously not back yet, and it's taken him a little bit longer, I think, to get back than, uh, than was expected. But, you know, if he comes back, here sometime before the playoffs and gets gets ramped up he he he's what the i don't know where i would rank him on memphis a fully healthy dylan, dylan brooks you know no minutes limits anything like that i don't know where i would put him amongst obviously after jaw but i don't know where i'd put him amongst jaron jackson Desmond Bain, Stephen Adams, but he's at least like in that mix, but he's like not even going to get drafted in these for the longest time. So um, instead of going through that, let's just hop in. One, let's just hop in one more practice makes perfect. We'll, uh, we'll do some drafts instead of. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is so, this is so true. Mark Brooks. And you got to love that kind of guy. Hey, Brooks is a, uh, he's their defender, right? They do all like, there's probably also a little bit of correlation with drafting Dylan Brooks and the potential for them to make a run. Say whatever you want about Dylan Brooks. He's, he's their perimeter defender guy and um, getting him back will be huge for them. You know, in terms of their potential to make a run, he's going to be the guy that guards Luca and Devin Booker and those types of guys. Right. And so um, getting him back. And if you're stacking the Grizzlies a little bit, like I think they're, their odds increase with a fully healthy Dylan Brooks. Again, say whatever you want about Dylan Brooks, but him playing, you know, wiping out John Conchar from the, from the rotation and then bumping down a little bit of minutes from Kyle Anderson or whatever, and giving them to Dylan Brooks is, is important for them. Yeah. He probably will shoot a little less now in late game situations with Ja and with the, with what Bain has done. But um, I just think, you know, he's definitely a, a productive, productive player. He's certainly not going to stand in the corner and watch. It's not the way he plays basketball. And just his role is is super important. I'll go back after we're done, Silas, and take a look 
um, at the team. And well, you got Giannis on this one, Silas. So I think I think you'll be all right. And there goes my guy. See, I don't. I think I've only picked like second or third in all of these. So um, you know, that was my entire my, my fourth draft. So when I say all of them, it's not like we're talking about a big number here. But uh, so I'm probably not super comfortable from from this spot here. Ooh. Do I go with the Sixers again? I kind of let's do something. Let's do something a little bit different here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jokic and then put the pressure on uh, Wolf here at the turn to kind of see who out of these guys he's giving me because honestly, KD, Harden, CP3, I'm I'm fine with all those guys and they're all in the the East and Jokic is in the West. but kind of letting him decide for me which one of these other teams. Oh, God, CP's in the – what am I talking about? Chris Paul's in the West. So he's probably going to take Harden and Durant, and then I'm going to have Chris Paul. But that's okay. We talked about some of the cheaper Eastern Conference teams that might be available to me to, to load up on. Might be auto-drafting. What else is up here? Yeah, not much. I could do Luca too. Get really crazy. Jokic, Luca. That might be kind of fun, actually. I mean, Luca is definitely going to score. Let's do that. If we're going to do two, if I'm going to do two teams in the West, everybody's going to default to like these guys here at the top. But like, you know, from a per game production standpoint, I love CP3, but he doesn't hold a candle to Jokic and and Luca. And now, obviously, moving forward here in eight picks when I'm up again, we'll be, we'll be looking to see what's available in the East. But just another, but keeping my flexibility open to start, to start the draft with two superstars from two teams that I know I can attach guys later. Right. I love that Tatum is going, is a, is like going in the top 15 in our drafts and his ADP was uh, opened at 26. That's pretty funny. Like, look at it. This ADP is so bad. They're like the whole Warriors team is in the top 12 or whatever. And then Draymond who like Jordan pool, 20 ADP and Draymond 23. Like what, what, like who set this? How does this even get set? Obviously that will not continue, but uh it was interesting to say the least. Hoping I can get one of my, uh, hope I can get a couple guys from one of my, uh, my mid mid round Eastern conference teams. So I would like to get as many of those as I can before this ADP adjust. So maybe I'll just be drafting these teams the rest of the night to try to get to a ton of these uh, like Celtics and, and such yeah so here is where i'm gonna go to jimmy <clears throat> so I, I i would love to take drew right you might say like why would you not take drew holiday the problem is like he's okay and i i'll consider him here at 20 but when Giannis and middleton are, are already gone it's like if the Bucks really make a, a run here, I'm going to put him in the queue, but what I'm actually going to do is take Bam first. So now, you know, I've made my bet on the Heat, who I who's 
you know, between them and the Celtics, those are definitely my two favorite kind of undervalued teams. And I just wrap up those guys, the two best players from that team. There's still more heat available later. I know that there are more Mavericks and Nuggets available later. And so this team is set up well from a flexibility perspective. I want to see what Hawkberg's team looks like, though, with getting Drew there. So he's got Phoenix, and then he's got whoo, whoo, CP and Aiton with Embiid. And uh, Drew, that's pretty sexy. So we gifted we gifted Hawkberg a uh, pretty fun start there. Goodness, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, I guess I should start looking uh, a little bit at the queue here. So two Heat, one Nugget, one Maverick. I'm just going to start adding those teams to my queue. What, Brunson? Dinwiddie. I did see uh, an inter another interesting name, similar, not, not quite the same, but similar to uh, Dylan Brooks' is Oladipo is about to be back. And I'm not, I'm certainly not expecting too much from Victor Oladipo, but uh, he does make for an interesting pick in, uh, in these drafts. See, I, I can't in, I'm going to, I'll take hero because his ADP is higher just in case Wolf, uh, just in case Wolf is going to like pick off of ADP, but I can't really in good faith take Tyler Hero over Kyle Lowry. And maybe that's just bias. But I really do think Lowry should be uh, ahead of Hero. But trying to lock down my, uh, my heat here. Nice thing about the heat is you get every position covered with their best players, right? With Jimmy being a wing and with Bam being a center. Kind of like the Celtics. It's kind of like the Celtics with, uh, obviously, Tatum and Brown are wings, and then you have Smart and Derek White are guards, and you have Rob Williams and um, Horford as bigs. It's really nice when you have that kind of flexibility and you can fill all those positions. It's just another huge perk of those teams, which, again, I imagine that those teams are going to rise pretty significantly as we continue on through this. But um, for now, you know, and even then when they rise, it'll be totally fine. You just mix in some new later round guys. But uh, it's an extra really nice added perk. <laughs> See, there goes Smart. Yeah, great call, Flea. Flea Chicago's the same way, right? DeRozan on the wing, Vooch as a big, Levine as a guard, Lonzo and Caruso as guards. Io, if you want to toss an Io in there. Probably even have like a... Devante, no, guard. Eric Jones wing. So if you really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel, it's available to you. So I'm not going to take another heat. So let's get to, wow, Ben Simmons still around. That's pretty crazy. I might consider Simmons here. Like a Simmons Curry, maybe. 
Simmons, Curry. How many guards do I have? Oh, yeah, we're fine at guard. Simmons, Curry. Then I could fill the wing with like Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Nuggets guys. And just give me that second. Yeah. I feel like I have to take Ben Simmons here. I'm crazy bullish on him, on uh, on Simmons. Yeah. I, I could certainly end up wrong. He's Ben Simmons. We've seen the downside to Ben Simmons. But I just can't dream of a better role. My, my take on the whole trade was I couldn't dream of a better landing spot for Ben Simmons than Brooklyn. Um, you know, they play small ball and he's the five, but also the point guard on the other end. The spacing that they'll be able to put around him is just so perfect for him. The tempo at which they're going to want to play is perfect for him. He's just, in my opinion, just a fantasy smash on the Nets. I know he has to get back and all that, but I I suspect they're just being cautious, right, with with him bringing him back with um, any, you know, getting up to speed, injury, you know, health-wise, mental health-wise, all that stuff. And uh, I just... I just can't envision a scenario in which he doesn't just absolutely smash. Now, obviously, if the situation like we talked about when we were looking at the 538 stuff, that it's an uphill climb for them. But spending this draft capital, right, is is nice. And so this is where I'm going to take Seth Curry because I do still think having those secondary correlations is important. Even if you even if you're not betting on that, right? I've made my bet basically on the Heat to make the finals. That's basically what I need on this team, right? And then I'm going to have two different Western Conference teams that can make the finals against the Heat that will give me my uh, payoff. But we talked about kind of like threading that needle of hoping to continue to to advance. That's where, like, to me, some of these secondary correlations come into account. That I've taken Ben Simmons, and now just putting on Seth Curry is like, okay, even if one of my Western Conference teams get knocked out, I, I – like – if the Nets win a couple of series, maybe the Heat play the Nets, even if they play the Nets in the second round. It gives me a couple of rounds of just production from those spots that can save you. Um, instead of trying to cherry pick one-offs from those, you can end up, right? Last, if you did that last year with the Hawks and you went Trey and John Collins or Capella or whatever as your kind of secondary. It didn't even have to be Trey, I guess, necessarily, right? You just have stack a couple of Hawks as secondary secondary players. And the next thing you know, they win a couple series from your mid to late round picks, especially they're going seven games. There's compiling so, so many uh, stats that you're just having to get less things right by like, do I really care about Seth Curry? No, not, not particularly. But when I've made that commitment now to Ben Simmons, this just allows me um, to simplify things instead of trying to pick a bunch of cherry, pick a bunch of one-offs. Now I'm going to hopefully get either. Hopefully these two guys don't take my... Okay, good. They don't. So now is where I'm going to have to decide between Barton, Gordon, Jamal Murray. I don't think I'm going to do... I am still still going to take Brunson over Dinwiddie. And now I have to decide between these nuggets. And that is the difficult part. I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm... Uh, in on MPJ coming back. And so it will be you know, Jamal Murray versus um, Aaron Gordon or Will Barton. And one thing, as I think this through, if I'm going to bet on the Nuggets 
to make a run, I do think that is largely contingent upon Jamal Murray coming back. And so it's a 10th round pick. You know, I don't want to throw away picks, which is why I don't think I want to go as far as the draft MPJ. But I think um, I do only have Jimmy. So I guess that that would be maybe I, I, I do think now I'm talking myself into Aaron Gordon just because I have so many guards that even Jamal Murray coming back, I'm not sure how much it benefits this team. But anyway, what I was going to say is on most teams, if I'm making that bet on the Nuggets to kind of make a run, I think I would rather bet on Jamal Murray because I think, you know, if he doesn't come back, he doesn't come back. They probably aren't going to make a run then anyway without Jamal Murray. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I think it's a lot less likely that they make a run without Jamal Murray. So when you're you're making that bet, right, on this Nuggets team, <clears throat> I would rather like go all in on that bet with the thing that would probably elevate them to really be able to make a run, and that's Jamal Murray. However, like I said, on this particular team, I think adding that second wing in Aaron Gordon was just a little bit more important. Um, just to have that, right? I've made that bet on the Heat, but that doesn't mean I don't I don't want this team to die. This is again that threading that needle. I don't want this team to die because the Heat sweep somebody in the first round, right? The Heat play. Um, let me pull up. The Heat play, you know, the Hornets. The Hornets are the eight seed, maybe the Hornets. Well, I guess they, <laughs> they could be playing the Nets. Let's let's pretend the Nets get to the, the seven seed and end up playing the Sixers in the first round in this fun little scenario we've now dreamed up for ourselves with this team. And let's say either Toronto or the Hornets are the eight seed. One of those teams is the eight seed or the Hawks, right? And the Heat maintain this one, this one seed. If that happens and they sweep that team, I don't want it to be, I don't want to lose this team, right? Like we talked about with the, like the Suns Bucks thing last year. I, I want to be able to, try to thread that needle a little bit with that wing position where maybe AG gets six or seven games in that first round and saves me from a heat sweep. And, and whereas even if Jamal Murray does come back, right, that's helpful. That's absolutely helpful to me, but I have two guards from the heat. I have what six total guards on my entire roster. And so the, uh, gains that I get from Jamal Murray on this particular team are just a little bit less, even though I think the gains in general on most teams would be more uh, better suited for Jamal Murray. So that is the first that is, the, I have a look. Yeah. Uh, just to hit the last couple of things, any interest in Lamelo? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think the Hornets could, you know, I definitely think the Hornets could um, get out of the play-in. Do I think that they can beat, the Heat or the Sixers or the Bucks? Probably not, but um, crazier things have happened, right? Um, they have a good team. I think I think they are – I would call them similar to, for you guys that played the NFL playoff best ball, similar to like your Raiders, Eagles, those kind of guys. You get to the end of your draft and maybe it didn't play out perfectly – or maybe it even did. You stack the you stack the Bucks early, and then you stack the whoever uh, the Grizzlies, and you're like looking for another team to have, to attach as like this 
you know, correlation or just, or you're trying to, again, help push that team through. Well, LaMelo could be that, right? Kind of like LeBron <laughs> sounds crazy to say LeBron is a better version of this, of course. Um, and uh, see, the dogs are like my alarm bell, my alarm bell. Um, they're playing now. And uh, that apparently means it's time to wrap up. But LaMelo is LaMelo is that for me. And as Mark says, we will definitely be talking more in the Discord. I'll be drafting plenty, and we will be uh, talking all kinds of strategy, teams, players, and everything, spikeweek.com, and find the link to the free Discord in the header. Thanks, you guys. This was a ton of this was a ton of fun. I love this format. We'll be doing plenty more of these drafts uh, over the course of, what, the next month until the NBA playoffs starts. So, uh, again, check you guys out in the Discord. Be back tomorrow. Um, if you're also a football fan with at King Coakley, Rob Coakley, we'll be doing the Spike Week football show tomorrow night. Till then, I'll catch you guys later.